Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Well, hey there, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Really Riley. It's my favorite podcasting day of the week. It's Ask Riley Day. Um... Thank you, thank you, thank you, by the way, for you guys that reached out via DM saying that you're loving the new feature, Riley's Cup of Tea. So excited for a couple of the new ones that we're going to have out in the next couple of weeks. So this is a feature I came up with, basically talking about all things tea-worthy on the internet, sans, you know, some serious stuff like politics. I can talk serious, but politics is just one thing I'm not going to go there with um, because just I have too much in my life that would make everybody get mad. I'm not saying my opinions make everybody mad. It's just, I don't want to do that. So it's about music. It's about movies. It's about shows. And this week we did a Vanderpump Rules deep dive with my very good friend. She's part of the We Got This Army, Angie, or the Queen of Snark, as I call her. We just basically broke down everything Vanderpump Rules. And the thing that I'm most proud about is that I actually like kind of like not bullied her, not forced her, but kind of just like slowly tap, 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 tapped at her to watch Vanderpump Rules and now she's addicted and I love it. But now she's starting to find something that I need to get addicted to. So we'll have a touche moment, but we're going to have more of those. And I just love that it's me talking to you guys instead of, you know, another blogger or another podcaster or a celebrity. It's like me chit-chatting with the guys that listen to me every day. I love it. So yet another form of how I talk about what you guys want to talk about with Ask Riley I put these up on Instagram for those of you guys that are new here in a question box, but I also answer the DMs. I answer the email, really, really podcast at gmail.com. So anyway, you want to get a hold of me and give me one. Let's do it. Um, oh, here's an easy one. Healthy lunch ideas. So I actually had the best lunch today because I am a rap girl. I'm trying to get back on my healthy eating level because, you know, fitness is a lifestyle. And I always have this conversation with people. Everybody hits me up in the DMs and they're like, Riley, I'm just exercising so hard. I'm in the gym all the time. I'm switching up the exercises. I'm going harder. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But I'm not seeing any movement. I've plateaued. I'm like, well, 
how's the diet? And I don't say that in a judgy wedgy kind of way because I'm trying to fix mine myself. And if I want a fucking donut, I'm eating a fucking donut and then maybe a cupcake after it. But it's a work hard, play hard type of thing. And I was explaining this to somebody the other day and today, actually, that it's like that diet is 70% of it. And once you get on the train, I promise of eating clean or cleaner because I can't be like 100% no sugar, no bread, no gluten. I can't do that. No, thank you. Like I don't drink. So it's like food is kind of like my little aphrodisiac or whatever. Um, But once you get on that train of eating clean, like you'll have a treat meal as my husband calls it because it shouldn't be a connotation of cheating but treating yourself after, you know, doing really well and whatever, like a treat, not an everyday thing. Um, but when we, we would have those, it's like I would have Taco Bell and I would have some DQ after once a week. But then after I would eat that, I'd be like, oh, give me back, you know, my chicken and my rice and bell peppers and all that stuff. And it's a lot more simple than you would think. Now, Counting macros, like when I was at my fittest, it was right after I had my second son, Malin, I was working out five to six days a week. And for some, that might be a big load, but I loved it because it was also my mental clarity. And Marshall was doing a macro plan for me. I was never like undernourished or malnourished or anything like that. I always felt full when I was done and I was having snacks throughout the day, but it was like specific snacks and specific increments. And then the treat meal or whatever, but it was not the easiest to see movement, but it was the fastest I'd ever seen movement. And I was five months postpartum when I was at like my fittest, but that was also consistency. A lot of times people are like, oh yeah, Riley had that snapback and there was no snapping back about it. Unless you're talking about the snapping of me hitting that kettlebell up and up and around everywhere in the gym up until four days before I had my second son hold sorry whole different rant there but I like fresh things for lunch but a lot of times when my husband will meal prep on Sundays and this is a great trick to do if you're trying to get on that healthy eating train so you don't have to think about it it's you know two different meals he'll make on a Sunday sometimes three but not it's usually two because it makes it easier that consists of a protein, a veggie, and a carb. Yes, carbs are allowed. If rice, we have white rice in my house. Not even wheat or, no, what is it? Not wheat, a brown rice or whatever rice. We have jasmine rice, I think it is, or something like that. Um, that's sticky rice. But it's very simple foods. You just have to be aware of a lot of like the oils and salts. I'm a hot sauce girly. I am all about like Melinda's hot sauce. Have you ever had that? The truffle one? It's impossible to find, but it's so good. But like the toppings are usually what get you. Like if you're going to have one of my favorite things that I used to make was, which I need to make this again, like a bell pepper with rice and like olives, like a a Tex-Mex type of bell pepper with just lean ground turkey, olives, cheese, rice, what else did I put in there? Onions. And you hollow out a bell pepper, have it, or you could do it inside of the bell pepper, but I didn't like to do that. And then you put it in the oven, put the cheese on it. But instead of putting like sour cream, you go get like non, um, non-flavored, <laughs> um, just original Greek yogurt. Same damn thing. I promise you. Once you put some hot sauce on that, you're not even gonna know the difference. So Leftovers are always good for lunch if you're prepping, but one of the ideas that Marshall did this week for lunch was just a literally, he got a regular wrap, not even a whole wheat run, but like the smaller wraps. And there are like carb smart wraps, but 
I, I don't really count the carb situation, at least presently. And he just got some really fresh iceberg lettuce. So good. I know that probably doesn't have any nutritional value. I said, matter of fact, I know it doesn't, but you can swap it out with some spinach if you're feeling that or some kale, but ugh, kale is disgusting. Um, some baby cucumbers, slice them up like thinner. And then he didn't put anything on his, but he just roasts the chicken in his smoker. Well, I guess it's a double and I, like whatever he he smokes the chicken in his smoker on Sundays with some really good like chicken rub or whatever. There might be a lot of sodium in that if you're counting macros. But if you just get a good seasoning and there's macro friendly seasonings out there that you can look at, too, because like I said, it's a lot of those little things that'll get you and you can put some feta in there if you want. I didn't this week, but then what else did we put on it? He didn't put anything else on his, but I put a little bit of like this really light um, Greek vinaigrette. I don't do the calorie thing right now, but it was so simple and so good. I find, especially when I'm cleaning, I just like the simple things. Our meal plan this week was chicken, broccoli, like roasted broccoli. Cause if you cook broccoli, well, it's so damn good and rice. But again, I jazz it up with all of the different toppings in terms of like good stuff. Like if you like Melinda's also has a sweet and sour one, if you want a little bit of sweetness to it, like again, some of these topics are bad in terms of counting calories, but if you're trying to get on that healthy eating train and you need a little zip, who am I? Zip? Am I 90? Whatever. <laughs> if you need a little something to it, start there and then like add the sauces, but be careful with that. Cause that's like having a big salad and then putting like Caesar dressing all over it. And then you might as well have had some ice cream on a side if you're going to do that. But another one that I really like to do was there's a chicken salad. It's I think it was Sam's club or Costco that was really good. And their chicken salads aren't really that terrible in terms of like the mayonnaise content in it. Cause I'm not a huge mayonnaise or anyway, I like it, but not globs of it. Cause bleh. and I would get little, pita breads the little non breads is what it is and then eat that with a little bit of baby cucumber on it and some everything bagel seasoning everything bagel seasoning is the jam in my household like it's just the universal good seasoning because I just I can't have unseasoned shit I just can't like if if healthy eating was all about no flavor I'd be like I'm out nope let's see what else what are some of my other favorites the other meal prep thing that we did this week that you could also have for lunch it's literally ground beef Marshall like doesn't always get the turkey like sometimes we do sometimes we don't but like the last couple weeks has been ground beef just really lean and then bell peppers not the green ones the red and the yellow ones so it's sweeter and rice and some oil and honestly it's so fucking good it's so simple but it's so good let's see another one if I I can do this in a wrap or not I like to go get those little packets of tuna like the ones that you like rip open or whatever you can eat them out of there and I get little cherry tomatoes I get some avocado everything bagel seasoning and I either eat that by itself or I put it in a wrap if I'm feeling snazzy and you know you're not counting macros and you just kind of want a little something in there put some takis in that bitch just don't knock it till you try it so damn good let's see what else do I have in my repertoire for foods that you could eat for lunch that are easy to take with you You just got to make sure that there's a good amount of protein in it. I was having this conversation too, that if you're trying to gain muscle and lose fat, you have to have that protein. You can't be eating like, you know, two rice cakes and then expect something to happen. I'll maybe put together some more ideas because I think I put together like a sample meal plan a long time ago or a weekly idea when I first started the We Got This Army. So maybe I'll go look that up and put it on the blog 
a bloggy blog. Um, how to handle a mom who has trauma. I miss who she used to be. Oh, okay. So this is different for me because my mom has always had trauma my whole life. I have trauma because of her trauma. Um, and it's ongoing. Like our relationship has struggled a lot and has been on and off for, you know, since my adult life, since I had kids of my own. Um, my mom is a different anomaly because she doesn't acknowledge her trauma. She kind of just likes to think, oh, it's not that big of a deal, which I know she thinks it is, but she won't outwardly say that because then she has to deal with what her trauma did to my sister and I. So she's a person that has trauma and then just won't cop to it. I could almost like feel for her or be a little bit more sympathetic than I have been in times, you know, where we weren't talking or like I had to kind of distance myself from her if she would just, you know, admit it, but it's never that situation. Um, so I kind of wish I could say with you, you know, like relate to that part of it. Like I miss who she used to be. Like, I guess I could relate to in a sense of, I wish my mom could be more of who she is when she's being somewhat of that mom that I need. And by that, I just mean like not being hurtful in so many of the things that she does. Um, and I don't want to tell you to just distance yourself from your mom. Because I distanced myself from my mom for two years after my wedding because, you know, there was some really hurtful shit that happened there. And that trauma, like, will build. Trauma it will top trauma and then, t- and then you just got a trauma Sunday. And nobody likes that. I'm a person that has to deal with things before I can move on. My family, Puerto Rican, Catholic, like, guilt and, like, everybody r- brushes everything underneath the rug. Like... I can't deal with that. So I will remove myself because to me, I have to be there for my husband, my children, my jobs. And I can't, I don't have the bandwidth for it. So it's difficult. I would imagine like if you have a good relationship with your mom and you're witnessing the trauma and then it's like negatively affecting you if you're empathic. So you don't want to abandon your mom, but it's hard as a kid you're the, when you're the kid, I'm by no means a kid at 42 years old, but when you're the child and you're parenting them, it's obviously more common than we think, but no one can change or deal with their trauma or heal from that, but you, but that person, there's nothing you're going to do or say that's going to make it better. But I would say, try to, if you can relish in the moments when that person comes out you know like the mom that she used to be to you and I know that this sounds like a non-answer but you can celebrate the good times with that person but you can't force them to be anything other than what they are where they are like meeting someone where they are is sometimes the hardest but most profound form of love not trying to change their situation or change their way of thinking or change who they are, but to meet them where they are. I have trouble with it. Because a lot of times when I'm distancing myself from my mom, I can't meet her where she is because where she is is fucking hurting me. It's like a manipulative place and then it involves my kids and my husband. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. No. So I don't know more of what the backstory is about this and where the trauma comes from and what it's doing to affect you. But if it's not hurting you or your relationships to do so, try and meet them where they are. If they're sitting in sadness or they're sitting in, you know, 
hopelessness. I'm not saying soak up that energy, but I'm saying allow them to feel that while kind of being like, hey, when you're ready to move forward from this, I'm here. And then if it gets to a space, like I said, where it's negative and affecting, negative, sorry, negatively affecting you. Mama's tired. She's got like four, four hours of sleep in the last two days. It's terrible. But when it's negatively affecting you, sometimes you do have to kind of like pull back, not maybe necessarily in the way that I did from my mom for two years, but pulling back in reserving your peace in that sense. Um, let's see what else. Any tips for starting a side hustle? So my side hustles ended up becoming my business <laughs> with my podcast and my crystal intention candle business, House of W. Um, so if you're trying to monetize a side hustle, obviously I've been on Etsy for years. I used to have crystal embellished clipboards. They were awesome. Like people would get them for like baby showers or they would get them, not like the crystals now, but like, you know, just tchotchkes that were shiny that I would hot glue on the top of the clipboard and then I would paint the clipboard. They were actually really pretty. It was a nice little bougie additive if you had somebody taking notes on like who got what at a party and then you write it down and then like I turned them into frames later or if you, you know, if you have a teacher that wanted one or if you're just like a a wedding planner yourself. Um, And no, I'm not going to start making those again because they were a bitch. I have so many burns from them. But it was just something that I loved because I loved vintagey looking things and I was getting married at the time. seems like every time I have some wedding something in my life, I end up creating a business because that's how my candles came about after the wedding situation. Uh, kind of, inadvertently. But I would say find something that brings you joy. Marie Kondo in this bitch. Um, because if it's a side hustle and you don't necessarily want it to become a business, which who knows, maybe it will, it's something that should take you out of what your everyday life is, what your everyday job is. Because most of the time for me, when I was pouring so much into my job, like the radio job that I lost and I was miserable doing it because I wasn't getting so much return. This is the thing that like cleared my head because I work well with creativity. I work well with moving, like just sitting down and resting doesn't really do much for me. It's like almost impossible. And I know I have to work on that. I am. But it was my space where I would just sit there and I would stir those candles and I would set the crystals and I would put some chill music on. And it was a passion of mine that brought me peace and calm and joy. So if you're turning it into a business, you just have to realize first that some of that is going to go away. Not all the time, but in some situations, like with the Christmas holidays, like I love bringing people happiness and joy and peace with the crystal intention candles, but it was a lot and it became stressful, which, hey, that's life um, sometimes. But I, I want you to know that, that like, it, you know, when your passions become a job, sometimes a little bit of that sparkle comes off. It doesn't mean it doesn't come back, but it does. Um, Etsy is always a great place for a side hustle to start selling your wares, but understand that Etsy takes a chunk. Like a lot of times you guys would be like, oh, well, is it on your Etsy shop? You know, because you have like, you, you know, you can have the card swipe through, which I just got a square card reader, by the way, which is so dope. Um, but they take a lot. They take like 6% of every sale, which doesn't seem like much. But if you like, if I got like an $87 candle order after they take out the fees, some, I, I hate that shit, the processing fees, and then the 6% of your sale and then taxes. And then they like you to ship from there. If I get an $86 order, I might see like 71 of it. 
after a while that shit adds up um so there's that but i think you're gonna have a certain percentage taken out of things that you're selling no matter what you do like i have wix for the really rally podcast i think they're great i think it's very user-friendly to create like a little website there i would probably go that route a little bit more only thing that i will say about etsy and what makes it worth the fees is that it's a known site it's very searchable like instagram I mean, you could always do like Instagram shops or TikTok shop. I thought about starting a TikTok shop, but I'm not there yet. I feel like I it's like I need more time. I needed to get the kinks out and I need to figure out a way like I could talk to a person if something went wrong and not an email or a bot. But Etsy is like a ready-made platform for things and you can type in anything and find it. And if you with Etsy, if you like, you know, keep up with your shipping and you keep up with answering messages and, you know, you're doing search terms you basically like keep your etsy record clean in the in your eyes as a seller like they'll put it on like a basic like for you page so it gets viewed more than other things but like i said it's etsy's a very slow crawl sometimes to get sales depending on what you're selling um because sometimes the market is oversaturated with whatever you're selling because hey crystal intention candles but i have a niche that's different from others and then other times it's like you can't get anybody to view your stuff but thank god for social media um and i would say like in the beginning do have a niche like don't try to throw everything but the kitchen sink at what you're doing because now i've branched out into you know the crystal intention candles uh trays like the trinket trays that i'm doing you know i've branched out into a different sector of my cricketing and you know vinyl pressing days of like you know doing my own merch for the podcast keep a lot of the separate like don't have like you know i saw this one creator which cute stuff and i'm not hating on anybody what works for you works for you so do you boo but she had like custom dog tags candles like t-shirts and then there were like bath bombs on the same table i get that but if you're going to do all of these different things figure out a way to make it mesh together like all of my products or 95 percent of them have some sort of crystal in them that's my tie-in that's the thing with marketing because although me and my ADHD brain, I have all of these ideas that come from everywhere and they're all over the place. I have to figure out a way to bind it together because it's just a little marketing trick. Um, side hustles in terms of pop-ups. You guys know that I have a love-hate relationship with them because a lot of times, especially right here in the DMV, it's very, you can't sit with us. And a lot of times you will spend $15 to put in an application. That's that's like some of the bigger ones that do that. Ugh. And they're going to go look at your Instagram when they already damn well know that their list is filled up and be like, oh, but we're going to put you on a waiting list. I did that like three or four times. I'm like, fuck this. If you're going to make me $15, pay that just for you to look at my Instagram and tell me no, I'm not doing that anymore. There's a million of them. You can go on Eventbrite. You can go on Facebook Marketplace. You can like the libraries do them. Churches do them. Most of the time, like like there's farmers markets in the neighborhood all of the weekends you literally just look at like any kind of market on instagram you'll find it facebook is great with that um and make sure that you know your audience with the demographic of wherever you're going because i mean there's been some pop-ups where people are just like oh what is this and then some pop-ups where people are like oh my god i love this that's really a thing because it depends on what you're going to be selling so because like sometimes when i like go to a fair with my bougie ass crystal intention candles hey i love a good fair don't get me wrong it's just the, it doesn't mate 
the atmosphere in a sense. Um, what else with, with pop-ups? Um, so having said that about the whole, like, don't pay an application fee, I think that's just dumb. And that's just people trying to make money off of you. Um, paying to get into pop-ups. Um, I have done that. I still do it. A lot of times that's the vendor that bought the space and they're trying to recoup some of that money. So that's fair, depending. Because the pop-ups that I'll have done, because I mean now, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm fortunate enough to be like partnering like what I did for Galentine's Day that we just reached out to businesses and asked, would they be okay with us bringing our stuff out? Because they realized that, you know, it's cross-marketing and you're going to bring, you know, people in that will spend money. Like when I did, you know, the pop-up at Settle Down Easy for the um, Galentine's Day event with Luxury Sparks. Love you, girl. Um, my peeps, I love you, we got this army, were coming in, they were eating, they were drinking, they were shopping, so it's, it's win-win. So a lot of times you can reach out to people and get in on those. Breweries do it all the time because they have big open spaces to do so. Uh, let's see what else. I don't tend to spend more than $75 for a pop-up. There's some, these big ones that will make you pay $250 to get in. And then they'll put, one of them like publishes their list of what people made or percentages to entice people. And these are the big, big ones that have like a hundred people. I don't like those. I'll tell you why in a second. But they're like, oh yeah, like 15% of our makers made over $500. I'm like, yeah, but you spent $250 to get in there. And then minus like time, labor, materials, what'd you make? A hundred bucks to sit out there for five hours? No. I feel like you're better off doing like Instagram sales that way. Because I do make a lot of my sales on Instagram, as a lot of you guys know. Um, and I know I have a little bit of an unfair advantage because I have a large followership from radio. But you can build that. Let's see. There's also the situation of being aware what other vendors are going to be at the event. Because most of the time they vet them and that's good. They won't let more than like one or two candle makers. But <clears throat> a lot of times people will poach your ideas. They will come out and you know what? It is what it is. Imitation ain't flattery though. In my book, I got the candle. You can check it out on my Etsy. Um, they will come over and be like, oh, well, how'd you make this? Da -da -da -da. I'm like, uh-uh. Before I used to do that, I used to give up my sauce, the sauce and my candles that took me a year and a half to perfect and the, the sense and the like, they literally asked me like, where's this? What's this? What'd you do with this? Where'd you get that? What are your favorite places to get your stuff? I'm like, um, no. And I know that that sounds like gatekeeping. It's not. It's me going and researching and going through the motions and having epic fails and spending a lot of money to have said epic fails because my materials are not cheap. And why would I give that to away, away to another maker that's just going to go make money off of it and take money out of my pocket? I'm sorry. It's Game of Thrones sometimes out here in these streets with a side hustle. And people will do that. Like it, there's, It's so competitive. But at the end of the day, after all that business talk, Make sure it's something that you love to do because I always figure out that when I love to do something and do it with passion and do it with love and I admit that energy as I am selling it, I always sell more. I think that's why it was so great that I decided to pull back from doing pop-ups this year, but I have another one coming up. <laughs> as much as I said, I'm not going to do that many. I said I wasn't going to do that many. I'm really not. This is only the second one. By now, I usually have like 17 lined up, but I, I just really th think that excuse me, my allergies have been off the charts today. I really think that when I started going back to like loving doing it, 
all the stuff that I would love making instantly sold on Instagram. So I can give you more tips on that too. If you have a specific side hustle you're looking at, because some, you know, there's food, there's clothing, there's candles, like, you know, there's product, like all kinds of different things. So I have, I have more advice on that soon, but this, this next one hits at my heartstrings. And this is a, we got this army OG that I love you. And I've been talking to her for years. So I'm going to, I'm going to read parts of this because a lot of this is super personal. Um, she said, I feel like it would be way too long for an Ask Riley box. But anyways, do you feel like it's bad karma to manifest slash pray for someone to disappear? This is somebody that's, you know, they're in a custody battle and their ex is hurting their son. I don't know. I don't think physically, but, you know, emotionally, it's not a good parent and not a good person. And they've been in and out of court and financial abuse fucking sucks in the court system because, you know, you've got if you're co-parenting with a narcissist, they will use that shit against you. And it doesn't matter that (laughs) they're paying you nada in child support and then they're taking what little money you have out of their kid's mouth. It's it's a whole vicious cycle. Um, But they're basically saying that they're anticipating this to happen until the kid turns 18. I get it. And she will pray this person whenever she sees her angel numbers or feels a sign coming on for this person to disappear from their child's life. Um, again, I've told you guys before, I legally can't talk about that. Give me 10 years because lyrics eight. Um, and there's also things that I may not want to until at least he's older. Um, I always say what you think about, you bring about. But this is a difficult one because you're praying for that person to stop hurting your kid. But this person is biologically bound to that kid. And although right now the kid could be like, yeah, mommy, I don't want to ever see that person again or whatever. It's like what I was talking about earlier with my mom. No matter how hard she hurts me sometimes, I still inwardly, innately always want to be tied to my mom. My, you know, my real father's both my stepfather and my real father are passed away. And, you know, my mom's husband, who is sort of a dad to me, but not really when I was 18, you know, when my mom and I don't really talk, we, he and I don't talk. But uh, you, you innately want to still be connected to your parents. So I don't know. I, I you don't want to bring that about because what you put out there, you get back times three. Like karma is fucking real. You know this. I believe this. But you can't control that karma and you can't manifest moves for someone else. But in this email or this DM that she sent me, she said, I ask for him and his toxicity to be removed from my life. There's the ticket. You can't say you wish that they would disappear because, you know, she says later, she's like, I would feel so terrible if something actually did happen to him. God, I've played these conversations in my head. Um, and then she goes further to say that her fiance, who's amazing, they're getting married soon. Like, she feels so bad. She had to spend like two grand on lawyer fees, which it's so damn expensive. It's disgusting. Um, and she feels like all this burden is put on him and he deserves better. And he's saying, reassuring her, no, of course not. I'm like, <sighs> It's a whole ball of wax. 
first of all, you have to stop that thinking because that person that put a ring on your finger, my friend, did that because they love you. And all of this together. When I first met Marshall, I sat him down before we ever did the deed and before we ever had like relationship statuses on Facebook and all of that. Cause I was like, my heart can't take this again. I sat down and literally for two hours just regaled him with all the shit that was wrong with me. All of the baggage, all the things I was going through at the time that were heavy. He didn't know a lot of it at the time, but he did now. And it was like, if you can handle this, let's do it. And I'll be everything to you if I can, you know? And he was like, okay, yeah. And I really was like, no, I'm serious. Like, this is, this is going to be a lot. He's like, okay, I'm not scared. So you have to stop thinking. You have to let somebody else love you. That's first. Because I was a pusher or a wear. Sometimes I still do it to Marshall. But you have to receive that love. Because if you don't, I'm not saying it's going to go away. But again, what you think about, you bring about. I don't. I don't think you like are going to get negative karma in any way. But when you tell the universe over and over and over again, I'm not worthy of him. I'm not worthy of him. I'm not worthy of him. You know what I mean? I just better say than sorry. Let's just, <laughs> you're worth it. So don't add that added stress to you is what I'm saying. But in terms of wishing they would go away, I think it's a hundred percent great that you think about, I want this toxicity to be removed from me and my son's life. Yes. That may not mean that this person does a 180 and just ends up being perfect to your child. Probably won't because narcissists don't fucking work that way. <sighs> One would hope that that will happen. But there will be a way, if you ask it like that, I feel like that the toxicity will get removed. Maybe they'll get bored. Maybe they will move away. Maybe... You know, I don't know, God forbid something will happen to them that their skeletons in the closet come out and they got to go to jail for five years. You know, like I'm not saying I wish that on somebody, but if you're being a piece of shit to your kid, maybe just saying, but don't put their negative vibes back onto you because you don't deserve that. I don't want that for you because I've had to fight that so much. And here's the thing. When I get to the space where I'm no longer allowing someone who's a narcissist to hurt me, I did this podcast a long time ago, and I should probably do this on a really Riley Rewind, um, Gray Rocking a Narcissist. It fucking drives them insane. And I know that it doesn't always work, but when it does, whatever flinch you might see them do, times that by a million. I am going to do that. Like I'm going to write that down. Really, Riley? <laughs> gray rocking rewind seriously like when you do that to them it's like when you take a, a piece of delicious ooey gooey instagram friendly candy from a toddler like my toddler malin like meltdown and they might not let you see it but they will yes and i know sometimes when that happens they take it out on their kid but when you when you actively put into practice like a workout i always got to bring it back to that this self-care of like, I'm not going to let you get to me through my child. And I'm assuming your child probably already knows this person is a doo-doo butt. Um, but if they don't already know that, good on you for not sharing it. Um, but if they don't, they will figure it out very soon. And for me, I don't wish I would have like 
I mean, my childhood was basically robbed from me from the age of six with all my trauma, but I, I don't wish that on any other kid to like figure out that their parents are a piece of shit early, but I wouldn't lie to my kid. Like if they were starting to get tips about it or like getting hip to the fact that their parents is an idiot, I, I wouldn't like lie. I'm not going to embellish it and make it worse, but I'm not going to lie to them and gaslight the child. Because then what you're doing there is effectively not letting them feel safe with either one of their parents, like making them feel crazy because their other parents pe- treat them like shit. And you're like, no, 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 they're the greatest daddy ever. Like, ugh. whatever judge wanted that to happen. Yikes. But I know that it's very difficult. And I always say this with great power comes great responsibility. Because I think that manifestation is a very fucking powerful tool. Very powerful. It's given me everything I have. And I believe that, again, from my tits to my toes. But if you use it for bad, no matter how justified that bad is, it will come back to you times three. And I don't want that for anyone. It sucks being a bigger person so many times over and over and over again. I get it. But then when those blessings come about, you're going to know why it was worth it. And I feel this weird sense of once this section of this is over, if you can somehow find the strength, and I'm not telling you to do it now, I'm saying when you're ready, because I'm big on that, you're going to feel like fucking Wonder Woman. And it will get a lot easier to deal with. I don't know that there's anything yet that will get me over the pain of looking at my kid and you know, hearing the things that has been said and you can't do a damn thing about it. I, I know that pain, but if you are not strong for them, who's going to be good old mom guilt. <laughs> and I don't mean to do that to you, but just please don't bring their negative karma onto you. Well, you guys, you guys brought forward the badassery on ask Riley this week. And I hope you guys don't mind how damn tired I sound. I'm sorry, but Lots of big stuff coming up. We have another uh, Show Me the Ring coming up this week, but it's a follow-up, like newlywed edition. I'm excited for that because this is one of my favorite Show Me the Rings ever. And uh, next week, I'm going to be doing a lot more of the Riley's Cup of Tea. I got to put together a cute little graphic for that. And I will inform the We Got This Army in the next day or two of the next pop-up because I know a lot of you guys have been asking. And if you are not part of the We Got This Army, what are you doing? Sign up at reallyreallypodcast.com because you get coupons for the website. You get advance notice to events. Sometimes I ask you guys for advice. Sometimes I just chit chat with you. Sometimes I give you newsletters. You just get goodies. It's seven bucks a month. So if you feel inclined to help the podcast and help me and my family, that's great. If not, no hard feelings. I love you anyway. Um, but yeah, reallyreallypodcast.com. Emails, comments, questions, concerns, all of the things. You can hit me up um, at reallyreallypodcast.com podcast at gmail.com god i if i got a dollar for every time i said really riley i wouldn't need to do any kind of work anymore um i'm kidding but social at really riley podcast at riley couture there's two dollars um <laughs> and at house of w by riley thank you guys for listening to all of my shenanigans and i love you and i will talk to you tomorrow it's really riley